Good morning, everybody. If you think there's an extra skip in my step, it's because our fearless leader, Andrew, is back. Mouth of Andrew had a baby girl. Uh, just, when was it, last night? Yesterday. And uh, we are here early because Andrew's been here since last night. He landed last night. When I say landed, I mean he got to shul. He's been here since last night. And we are revved to go. And we better be revved to go because we're behind. We are 11 lines down on Chavav, Amr Bez. Bezat Hashem, today we'll be learning Dav Chav Zayin. Uh, we have to finish the parak by Thursday. And we're going to start Lulav HaGazal, which should be very exciting. But 11 lines down, Taner Rabbanon. We're talking about wearing tefillin. Um, and so, because we talked about falling asleep. We talked about Shainas Arai. We talked about eating Achilles Arai. We talked about Shainas Arai, sleeping. And then we, we got off onto a tangent about sleeping with your tefillin on. Okay? There's certain things you can't do with your tefillin on. So, Taner Rabbanon. Hanichnas Lishon Bayom. This is not going into, Hanichnas is not referring to your sukkah. It's just talking into your house. You're going home to go to sleep, to take your nap. And you're wearing tefillin. Ratzacholetz, ratzamaniach. He can take his tefillin off or he can leave them on when you're taking a nap. But balayla, cholitz ve'ino maniach. Take your tefillin off before you go to sleep at night. Diver Rabbi Nassan. What do you mean in children? Why are the children wearing tefillin? This is talking about teenagers. It's talking about avreichim, like young, we'll see, young men. They should always just take their tefillin off when they're going uh, to sleep, taking naps in the day, in the night. Why? It's talking about Thomas Kerry. And Thomas Kerry is, uh, if you're a, an adult male, there's going to be Thomas Kerry. And you um, can have Thomas Kerry, actually, and wear tefillin, because otherwise we wouldn't, none of us would be wearing tefillin. Um, but you're not supposed, we'll see. But, but this is, informs the halacha of whether you should have your tefillin off or on when you're taking a nap. As follows. In other words, when Rabbi himself, right, says that the olam, the, the, the younger, right, the younger crew, um, men, men should always just take off their tefillin, does that mean that he thinks about Carrie can't wear tefillin? So Abaye says, no, that's, that can't be, right? Um, because what it means is, No, these are the young marrieds, these are the guys in the mirror who are coming home and they're, and the newlyweds, right? And their wives are actually, they're waiting with iced coffee back at home. So now, Shemi Avoli de Hergel Dover. In other words, if, you are young married and you're coming home at, at night and day, whatever the case may be, so then you may end up in a situation where, not that you're a balkari, right? Balkari means that there was an emission at some point prior, right? That, says Abaye, is okay. You can wear a tefillin, right, uh, still if you at one point had an, an emission. The, the question is, you don't want to have an emission while you're wearing tefillin. That's the point. You know, we're talking, obviously, culturally about a time when people wore tefillin, right, a lot more, like, all day long, um, as opposed, right, so much more regularly, we just wear it to davening, so that's a different thing. Anyways, a brysa to that effect, right, so here, this is a person, right, they're wearing tefillin all the time. So he got, sort of like, he forgot that he was wearing his tefillin, which you're not supposed to do, and so one thing led to another, and now he's while wearing tefillin, so now he realizes he can't be doing this, 
and there's going to be, right, so the difference is, you can't have the emission while you're wearing the tefillin, so you have to take them off. And we said before, when you're Tame, you're not supposed to take it off from the bottom, but rather from the Ritsuos, right, from the strap. So, but now, in this situation, you're not even supposed to grasp either the strap or the tefillin box, as it were. Ad yadav. First, go wash your hands, v'yitlem, and then you can remove, uh, right, the yitlem, the double meaning over here, right, the netilas yadayim and the netilas tefillin. So you wash your hands, and then you remove the tefillin, right, because per- person's hands are active and therefore tame, and therefore you're not supposed to just take off your tefillin uh, right off the bat, but first wash your hands. So welcome back, Andrew. And now we're going to do the Mishnah. On Chafavim Beis. Maisa Vivila Rabbin Yochan Mitzakei Litome Satavshil. Ooh, this is very familiar. We finished Masechus Yuma recently, so this is straight up Yuma in test. We already quoted this, so this should be Chazar for you guys. One time, we were talking about the Shear then, right, of the Kosevis, of the of the Achila and Yom Kippur. So, and as an illustration, we brought this Maisa, right, that they brought a cooked dish. Right to taste. And Rabbi Gamliel had two dates and a pail of water. Okay, we're back in sukkah now. And the Amru, this was during sukkah. They said, let's go eat in the sukkah. So these are, right, cooked dish is mashma, right? Not, um, right, that, that's uh, not, right, a mozi, right? And it's something that apparently is a snack. And yet, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai and Rabbi Gamliel were going to eat these snacks, this achilas avrai, so to speak, uh, in the sukkah, the amru, and they said, alum la sukkah, right? So, uchshinasun ola rabbi tzadok, ochel pachos mekebeitza, and we'll remember this from Yuma, that there were three chidushim in the behavior of Rav Tzadok. When they, bre- when they brought Rav Tzadok less than a kebeitza volume of food, natalo b'mapa, okay, so here already, it looks like he is in fact eating, right, bread, because, in fact, there is apparently going to be a, an assumed need to wash his hands. And yet, he's not doing the Tilei Sedaim. As Rashi explains, So that's what we said. Those were the three Chidushim of Rabbi Tzadok. Right? That he had a piece of bread here, but... We gave us, he gave us three lessons with his behavior, right? So, so why, in fact, says Rashi, did he, and we learned this already in Yuma, but why did he, right, um, wrap it with a cloth? That was simply because of Nikias. Uh, you might recall that there was a Tosfos, uh, and it mentioned it there, and it mentions it again here, the idea that he was a coin. And so he needed to have the Nikias and he needed to have the Tara. Anyway, it wasn't really necessary in Chiddush. But not for now. We're going to stay the course. Cause, um, and we're going to explain that the three Chidushim are that while he was eating bread, it was less than a Kabeza. So he was trying to teach us what? Number one, if it's less than Kabeza, you don't need a Tilas Nadaim. Number two, if it's less than Kabeza, you don't bench, as we call it, right? And number three, less than a kabeza, you could eat outside of a sukkah. So that's what he did, right? Thus teaching us those three lessons about the shear of kabeza vis-a-vis benching, washing, and eating in the sukkah. So now we get to the Gemara. And we say, Maisalistor, right? Obviously, the beginning of the Mishnah is talking about these G'daylim that 
ate even the snack in the sukkah, and then we have Rabbi Tzadok eating even the bread outside of the sukkah. So which is it? I'm getting mixed messages, Andrew, uh, from the Mishnah. Am I supposed to eat in the sukkah or not? So says the Gemara, no. The Mishnah was somewhat deficient. Where This is what the Mishnah meant to say. If you want to be machmir on yourself, you could do like Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and Rabbi Gamliel and eat right, and eat those delicacies that are, that are snacks in the sukkah, and it won't be considered, right, a haughty and misguided activity, right? And, and we're backing up that concept with that story, which is the first part of the Mishnah, which is to say that there's legitimacy, right, to, right, legitimacy to, to bring it up. In other words, uh, if there's no chiv whatsoever, that's interesting, right? The, the question would be, and this uh, Rabbi Gross addressed a little bit, would you, do you get a mitzvah, as they say, right? It, there's, a, there's a chakira here, not for now. Briskarav, uh, do you get a mitzvah for eating whatever, right? Uh, a candy bar, a chocolate bar in the sukkah. That, that's an interesting chakira. So it has to do with, and this, this will be addressed today in the Gemara, so... We're going to talk about, right, we talked about the Gzeras Tesvav Tesvav. We talked about the fact that on Pesach, right, there is the Chiyuv of Achilas Matzah. And on Sukkot, there's the Chiyuv of eating in the Sukkah. So those are mitzvos asay, right? But they're an interesting mitzvos asay. Because the construction of the mitzvos asay is, the mitzvos asay is not to eat, is the mitzvos asay not to eat chametz or not to eat food outside of the Sukkah? And the way you fulfill it is by eating matzah, or eating in the sukkah? You see the difference? In other words, the mitzvah is ala chilas matzah. But is the mitzvah to eat matzah, or is the mitzvah not to eat chametz, right? So th- those are very, uh, that also plays into the bracha that you, uh, the uh, bracha that you make, right? When do you make an ala chilas matzah? Normally, let's say during Pesach, you're gonna make an ala chilas matzah only when you have the mitzvah of eating matzah the first night, right? You're not gonna make an ala chilas matzah necessarily the rest of Pesach. Right, when you eat, even though you're eating matzah, you're just going to make a motzilecha, minarets. Right, masha'in kain, in contrast, sukkahs, every time you sit in a sukkah, you're going to make a leishiv sukkah. So why is that? It plays into what we're going to learn today as we arrive, finally, chavzayin we're gonna we're going to discuss this. But, it, but, but it plays into what we just said, which is, the, is there even legitimacy? If, if there was no mitzvah whatsoever, so then there would be no reason, right? There wouldn't even be a legitimate midas chasidus, so to speak, a legitimate chumrah, and yet we see that it is, in fact, a legitimate chumrah. And so we finish the Maisa, the Amru, as we say the first word in Chapsayin Amdalaf, the Amru Haylam la sukkah, take them up to the sukkah, just as we said in our Mishnah. Now we understand what our Mishnah means that the Rabbi Yochan Mizaka and Ram Gamliel. We're doing a mitzvah chasidus and Rabbi Tzadok, right, took one for the team and was explaining to us the Ikar Adin here. Okay. Now, what's this kabetza thing? Asks the Gemara. Hakabetza by sukkah. Lema tavi to Rabbi Yosef Abaye. Right? Rabbi Yosef and Abaye said that even a kabetza doesn't have to be eaten in the sukkah. Even if you already have a kabetza, right? They said that it could be a kosevas. Right? So, so what's, they said it could be even more, actually. Or we had said it earlier. That it could be even more than a kosevas. That it could be maybe two, three kabetzas. So the Gemara says, no, 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 no. 
that the reason why we have a kabetza is not because of is not because of the sheer of Achila Arai versus Achilas Keva, right? Rabbi Yosef and Abaye were discussing what would be the shear of Achilas Arai versus Achilas Keva. And so we assumed that when Rabbi Tzadok didn't have the kibetza of bread, that that had to do with the amount of shear. Obviously, it's reasonable for us to assume that that had to do with the shear of Achilas Arai versus Achilas Keva required to eat in the sukkah. And yet, we're saying, no, no, no. That discussion of Achilles Arai versus Achilles Keva stands on its own. And the whole mention of Kebetza with respect to Tzadok is for a different reason. Not related to Sukkah. Rather, Dilma Pachos Mi Kebetza Natilo Lobai. Just to teach you, therefore, to reduce the right lessons from Tzadok from three things to two things. That we can't learn the Sukkah, uh, the Sukkah Shear out of uh, Tzadok. It's only the, what, the Natila and the Bracha that we learn from Tzadok. HaKabetza, Bayin Natila, Bracha. That the issue is that if it's less than a Kabetza, then you don't need to wash and you don't need to bench. Obviously, you always need, as Tzadok pointed out there and mentions now, always need the Bracha Rishona, that's for sure, right? You can't be time Ba'olam Hazeb Lo Bracha. So that means a Bracha Rishona, as we learned from a Svara, right, back in Masechus Brachos. But the, the Birchas Hamazon, and the Natilas Yadaim will only be for a kabetza that we learned from Rav Tzadok. But the fact that he ate it outside of the sukkah, even if he had eaten a kabetza, it still would not have been more enough to be the shear of Achilas Keva, and he would have been able to eat that outside of the sukkah. But it's still a chiddish, right, that he can eat uh, mine dagon, right, that he can eat bread outside of the sukkah altogether. So in that sense, we do have a third component of chiddish. It's just that that, that chiddish doesn't apply in other words, you could, right, as some Rishonim understand, you could say that even though the shear is achilas arai, the fact that he's eating bread, maybe you should always eat even a mashu of bread inside the sukkah. Even though, and maybe by definition, if it's, if it's bread, it's not going to be an achilas arai. Um, but be that as it may, it was considered um, less than the requisite amount for eating in the sukkah and also less than the requisite amount for washing and benching for Rav Tzadok. Good. So now we're on the Mishnah on Chavzayin Abed Aleph. We get to Rebbe Liezer. Rebbe Liezer, Oimer, Abbas Resudos Chayv Adam Lechol Besukkah. Fascinating. Where do we get the number 14? That's an interesting number. Right? We, I think, an Echad Miyodea, we only get up to 13. We should have done 14. Abbas Resudos Besukkah, the Rebbe Liezer. Okay. Right, so that's that's. If anybody ever asks you if if we were to extend it to fourteen, what it would be? It would be this: the amount of pseudos that Rabbi Eliezer says you have to eat in the sukkah on sukkahs. Achas bayom, achas balayla says the Mishnah. Right, how would we get to fourteen? Because there's seven days of sukkahs, and in each day you eat one day and one night meal. As the Gemara will explain, this was a typical. This was a typical um, uh, in our day. Right, a lot of people we eat shalashudas every day. Right. A lot of people eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or as my brothers-in-law call it, supper. Okay, but in those days, they used to eat two meals. They used to eat the day meal and the night meal. Okay, so that was the typical meal, and we'll see. Rabbi Yehuda says that teshu. This is a a, a um, an extension, just so that you can understand what it means, because otherwise, it's confusing. It's um, right. It's it seems um, unintuitive because we don't paskin like this. And in fact, Rabbi Yehuda himself. Um, we don't possibly like this, put it that way. But um, 
the idea is Teshu Kain Tadur. He sees it as an extension of the fact that just like everyone eats every day, those two meals, the day meal and the night meal, so perhaps that's baked into the Chiyuv, right, of, teish, of yeshiv, Yeshiva Besukah, of Teshu Kain Tadur. However, so the Chachamim say, which usually means there's no limit, but here it means that no, that it's just whatever strikes, you know, however the mood strikes you, in other words, as we'll see in the Gemara. However you would eat at home, that's how you can eat in the sukkah. And we're not going to be pedantic about it, right? We're not going to say that it's formulaic, that you have to have 14. Just have whatever, if you feel like eating, eat. And if you don't, don't, just like when you're at home. Except, of course, the first night, we'll see, because of the comparison to Pesach, you do have the chiyav of eating in the sukkah that first night. And we'll see, the Havmin and Gemara, you might have to eat in your own sukkah on the very first night of sukkahs, as the Gemara will explain. But be that as it may, that first night has a special, um, a special chiyuv, right, to eat. And on the, right, and the rest of the, of the, uh, of the sukkahs, you, according to the Chachamim, you only have to eat if you want to. Okay. Now, and, and the Gemara explains, right, and Rashi explains, Rashi, like, brings into this idea of fasting. He takes it, like, sort of to an extreme. He says, if you want, you can fast. It's, it's an interesting formulation because, really, you're not supposed to fast on Yontav, you're not supposed to fast on, right, Cholomoids. What is he really talking about? I mean, so, so, I mean, presumably, the Pashup Shad is he's just saying that you don't have to eat. That's what he means. Um, uh, there's no chiv um, specifically to eat, right? It's just like we were saying before, that if you're going to eat, then you have to eat inside a sukkah. So we see that the mitzvah say of achilah basukkah, right, is seen in two different ways between Rebbe and the Chachamim. Eliezer is going to say, no, there's part of a mitzvah say, even though it's really part of the yeshiva basukkah, is to eat, and Rashi says, no, the, uh, and, and uh, Chacham rather say, no, that if you're going to eat, you have to eat in the sukkah. Now, another, another fascinating corollary that Rabbi Yezer says, he adds on here, the Odama Rabbi Yezer says in the Mishnah, Mishaloacha Leila Yontav Rishon, Yashlim Leila Yontav Achron Shalchag. Wild, wild. If you do not eat the first night of sukkahs, there is a Tashlumin for this. Where do we see this? We don't see this, um, we see this in davening. Right, but we don't see this like Shal Shudas. We don't say that if you didn't eat uh, Friday night that you can eat double in the next day. But here, amazingly, if you do not eat the first night, Rabbi Eliezer holds Yashlim Lele Yomtav Achron Shalchag. What's Yomtav Achron Shalchag? Shemini Atzeres. Okay, so if you did not eat in your sukkah right on the first night, you can eat double or extra to make it up on Simchas Taira Shemini Atzeres. What? All right. I mean, the Gemara itself is already going to go nuts over this. Uh, and it cuts to the core of eating in the sukkah on Shemini Atzeres, which we do not do, right? It says, B'sukkah Teshu Shiva Yomim. You know, that's sukkahs. And Shemini Atzeres, it doesn't say that there's a chiv to eat in the sukkah. How then are you making it up? Well, we, we shall see, right? Especially according to Rabbi Yezer. Don't forget. Rabbi Yezer ties the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah with eating in the sukkah. Which is to say that those meals are, have to be in a sukkah, one would think, right? So therefore, how are you making it up if you're not actually even eating in the sukkah? What's the point? We will see. Okay. But be that as it may, we have this fascinating idea that we don't paskin like, and Rabbi Yezer himself takes back, 
um, that you can be mashlim for not eating the first night in the sukkah. Right? There's no tashlumim for such a thing. This is the famous, uh, right, the famous Pasuk in Mishlei, which was quoted in Brachos about missing, right, the tashlumin for davening, right, that once you miss the tashlumin for davening, you can know, in other words, if you missed one davening, let's say you missed Mincha, you can make it up in Mariv by davening twice. But once you missed Mariv, or, or the opportunity to do the tashlumin in Mariv, then it's already in the, it's water under the bridge. So similarly here, if you, right, missed the opportunity to eat in the sukkah, say the chachamim, it's me'uvas lo yuchan, lo yuchan liskon. That uh, in this particular case, if you missed the opportunity to eat in the sukkah, right, the first night of sukkah, where even the chachamim would agree that there's a chiyuv, so it is water under the bridge, there is no going back and uh, putting that toothpaste back in the tube, as it were. Okay, fine. So says the Gemara, uh, I have here a note that I wanted to say something about the Rashi. Ain't the Dover Tashlumin? All right, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> so it says like this. Um, my time with the Rebbe Yezer. So as we discussed, why would Rebbe Yezer say this unusual halacha that you need 14 meals? It says the Gemara, Teshu Kein Taduru. Right? It says the Sukkah's Teshu. You sit in the, in the Sukkah seven days. So sitting in the sukkah means just like you would live. Just like in one's home, one would eat a day and a night meal, so too one should do so in the sukkah. And therefore, it's an expression of Teshu Kain to require two meals per day for the entire seven days. Well, that sounds quite reasonable. So therefore, therefore the Gemara asks the Rabbanon, so what would the Chachamim say to this? Says the Gemara, Kedira, Madira, Iboy Yachil, Iboy Loichel. What do you mean? It's just like being at home. Nobody's going to come to your house and mandate. We don't have, right, rabbis coming to check to make sure that you're eating two meals a day in your house. You don't, you don't hear them making, uh, giving musr about it in their sermons. So you could eat or not eat. You could choose to do what you want. So similarly, afsukonami. So that would be the same applying to sukkah as well. Ibai achil, ibai la achil. Very interesting, right? Sort of, you could even give like a light lambdas to this, right? Machlokas as to what tadur means, right? Is it what normal people do? Or is it what you want to do, right? Um, fine, so if it's just what you want to do, so then that's tadur. Okay, so, right, it's like butlo daito, it's all kol adam, right? Do you say that we have to follow sort of like the, the, the norm? Or do you follow whatever you want to do? So the Gemara asks, see, achi, well, if it's, Whatever you want to do, so according to the Chachamim, what if Andrew doesn't feel like eating the first night? We know he can be finicky about such things. So is he allowed to decide for himself that he doesn't want to eat that first night because of Teshu and Keitaduru? So no. To that, the Gemara says, This right in Chagamatzos and in. Right, Sukkot, it, it mentions both of them that's on the 15th. This is the famous, famous Gzeros Tesvav, Tesvav. And that Gzeros Shava is famous. And we learn many, many um, halachos from the comparison of the two. Tosos points out that it's hard to sometimes know. In other words, we wouldn't ourselves know what, which halachos to transport, to copy and paste from one to the other without Chazal telling us, right? Because, for example, as Tosus points out, uh, on um, 
You guys remember Arei Psachim, the first mission in Arei Psachim, that you're supposed to eat the matzah lete avon, right, on the first night of Pesach. So are you supposed to also eat in the sukkah lete avon on the first night of sukkahs, right? So that's actually uh, a machlokas rishonim over there in Arei Psachim. You might recall that you're not supposed to eat, right, samach lemincha on Arei Psachim. So the, there's a question, is that just on Erev Pesach? Or is that er, every Erev Shabbos and Yantiv, right? That was the discussion that we discussed over there. So it is not necessarily something that you'd be able to figure out on your own, which, uh, which of the halachas to transport. But the chiv itself, certainly, the Gemara says, just like there's a chiv to eat the matzah on the first night, so too there's a chiv to eat in the sukkah on the first night. And we're going to see, we're going to transport some other aspects of, the, of that halacha as well, Right here. So, so, so first of all, just like, right, in Pesach, eating the matzah the first night is a chiyuv, right? And in fact, we say, right, and the rest of Pesach, it is a rishus, right? In other words, you're not allowed to eat chametz, certainly, but there's no chiyuv of achilas matzah. This is what I meant earlier when we were talking about the dynamic of the chiyuv of achilas matzah. Eating matzah itself is compulsory only on the first night. And the rest of the Pesach, you're not going to say alachilas matzah because really it's a assay that's expressed by not eating chametz. Interesting. Afkan, laila rishon chova, mikan ve'elach rishos. So similarly here in Sukkot, laila rishon chova, mikan ve'elach rishos. So the first night you have to eat in the sukkah and there's a chi of suda, right? This is where Tosfos Right is going to start explaining. Uh, th- this this has this has application to Hilchos Brachos. We know that whenever you have a chiyuv, right? Uh, well, we'll get to it with Rosh Chodesh, um, etc. And Shabbos, you know, whenever you have a chiyuv suda, so then if you don't mention the yantiv in your benching, you have to repeat the benching. But that's only when you have a chiyuv suda. If you don't have a chiyuv suda, so then you don't have to repeat the benching. So that plays into this as well. So, for example, right, on Hanukkah, uh, uh, whatever, if you, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't mention Al-Anisim, so then maybe you're not going to go back, as opposed to if you have a Chiv Suda on Shabbos and you don't mention, right, um, and, and, right, and so uh, then, then you're going to, then you are going to have to go back, right, if you don't, if you don't mention Shabbos in, in your benching or Yontiv. Okay, so anyway, be that as it may, over here, this also relates to what we were saying before. Why would it be if our Gemara here is saying that, to, that Sukkot and Pesach is the same in the sense that there's only Chiv on the first night uh, to eat in the Sukkah or to eat, in the matz, uh, to eat the Matzah and the rest of the Yantav there isn't. So why is it that we make a Leishev all through Sukkot and we don't make Al-Chilas Matzah all through Pesach? So the answer of Ari Libus explains uh, and I forgot who he quoted but the answer would be that on Pesach you could just go Atkins, right? You could go uh, keto diet, right? And just not eat any, right, leavened bread or whatever, not eat on any matzah, uh, matzah either, not eat carbs, right? And then just uh, the first night you're going to eat your matzah at the Seder and the rest of the night you're just going to eat um, proteins and veggies, right? You're not going to eat carbs. People do that all the time. And therefore you could survive the rest of Yantiv and you were Mekayim, the mitzvah saseh of not eating chametz, right? Uh, formula, uh, fascinating formulation of the mitzvah saseh. As opposed to sukkahs, you're going to starve to death. Also, there's a, you have to sleep in the sukkah. I mean, you have to sleep, right? You can't stay up for seven days 
and uh, maybe you could eat achilas sarai in little in little bits and pieces, but certainly you can't stay up awake for seven days. So you're going to have no choice, and so it's built into the bracha the idea that all through, at sukkah you're going to be in the sukkah regardless. Anyways, so that's why there that is baked in that you're going to be um, you're going to be doing that regardless, whereas not necessarily so for the achila of Pesach. So anyway, that's why you may have a bracha for one or the other. So the Gemara is going to say now, in the context of Pesach, how do we know that you only have the chiyuv of matzah to eat on the first night and not the rest of the time? So Amar Kra, fascinating. On the 15th of Nisan, you should eat matzah. The Pesach itself tells you, that you have to eat that first night. So once you have that chiyuv, so then you know that that first night you have the chiyuv for, for matzah, and then we do the gzeres tesvav tesvav, and then we have the chiyuv for the sukkah as well. Okay, so now we're in the two dots, 19 lines up, on chavzayin and aleph, and v'od rabbi liyezer. So the Mishnah had said that you also, if you didn't eat the first night of yontiv, you have to do the tashlumen. So this fascinating idea to tashlumen. So this is what we said before. The, the Gemara uses Rabbi Eliezer's own lumdus against him here. Rabbi Eliezer ties in, right, the chiv of sitting in the sukkah with eating in the sukkah. So if the chiv of eating is tied in to sitting in the sukkah, and those two are together, so then how are you going to do Tashlumen and Shemini Atzeres where there is no sukkah? Right? There is a, uh, according to Birnbaum, Machlokas Rashi Tosfos here, it's not for now, but basically Rashi says it's going to be Pal Tosif to sit in the sukkah. Tosfos makes it sound, that the Lake Asukkah, you might be able to be Medayik in Tosfos, you might be able to read into it that it's not even Bal Tosif, right? What, the nature of Bal Tosif is in itself fascinating. You're going, right, if you were, if you were to go into like a hut that isn't a sukkah, so then is that really baltosif? It's not for now. But the point is that you are no longer obligated to sit in the sukkah. So how are you doing tashlumin according to Rabbi Yazir? To which the Gemara says, Amar Bira, which, um, which uh, Rashi says is Shem Chacham, that's his name. Teddy Bruski, that's the, that's the best joke you're going to hear throughout Shas, so... But it's not, I can't, I can't, I don't have time to explain it. Anyway, Amar Bira, uh, Bira said the name of Ramami, Amar Bira, Amar Ravami, Chazar Bo Rabbi Eliezer. Yeah, because of that logic, Rabbi Eliezer had to be Chazar in his view, and therefore, and therefore he says that you don't do Tashlumin. Amazing. Now, be that as it may, let's say you, let's say you did Mashlim Bemai. What would you be Mashlim for if you were to do Tashlumin? If you would be mashlim with bread, okay, so suda di yomaka achil. In other words, the Gemara says, even though he was chozerbo, we're curious now. What would, what, how is this tachlumen going to look? If you're going to say that you are mashlim by eating extra bread, so then is that even a tachlumen? Like who could even see, right, that, in other words, eating extra challah, it's well known that Andrew can't resist challah, right? So if, if Andrew is eating one roll, two rolls, three rolls, it's, it's all part of the same meal, right? That's not a tashlumin. So suda the yomaka achil. If you're going to say that he was mashlim, so again, we're, we're saying that this tashlumin is not, he was chazabar anyway, but just even, even in the hava amina, what would the tashlumin look like? Eating extra challah would not be tashlumin. That's just 
part of the meal. Elamai yashlim, yashlim mimine targima. Oh, you're going to compensate, right? You're going to do the tashlumin by having mine targima. So there too, Tosos here gets into mine targima, a whole discussion. Uh, is targima fruit? Is targima just um, basar and dagim, things that you would eat with bread? What, what actually qualifies as targima? And it's significant because in this havamina, you learn certain things. If you can do tashlumin, after all, with targima, then maybe you can be yotzei asuda with targima. And maybe you can reflect it back on being yotzei shalashudas with targima. This Tosos gets into all of these discussions. If meaning targima is good enough to, for tashlumin, maybe in a pinch, it could be good enough for, to, uh, to, to pater you from the chi of suda itself. That in itself becomes a discussion in the Rishonim over here. But be that as it may, that's what the Tashlim would be. In other words, Yashlim Mina Tagima would mean that you're adding uh, certain types of foods that normally you would not have. There has to be a Heker, as the Rishonim point out here. I think Rashi points out the Heker here. Right. Umay Heker Yeshkan Suda Rishona. Right. There has to be some sort of thing that would distinguish this as a Tashlumin. So, um, in the sense that it's not going to be like the actual meal that you're already eating on Shemini Etzer, it's fine. So, and that is, in fact, backed up by Brysa, Tanya Nami Hachi, Im Hishlim B'mine Targima Yatzah, with Mine Targima Yatzah. But anyway, we're not too good doing Tashlumin. The, the, the Hava Mina that you would do Tashlumin is in itself quite fascinating, I think. And, um, and, and then Rebbe Yezor Sechoza. Now, story time. Shal Apotropos Shal Agrippas HaMelechet Rebbe Yezer. So we see Rabbi Eliezer had these very unique shitas with regards to sukkah. He had a havamina of tashlumin, he had the 14 sudas. So, okay. So now, uh, uh, the Ritva points out that these questions were when Rabbi Eliezer was still holding by the idea of tashlumin. And was still holding by the idea of the, right? So the Ritva points out that the, right, the, um, over, right, the apotropos, the guy who was in charge of overseeing the estate of King Agrippus was asking halacha shaylas of Rebbe Yezer. So he says like this, Kigon ani, she'eni ragi lechol el suda achas b'yom. He says, why don't you take me as an example here? Uh, Rebbe Yezer, you have this 14 meal thing, but I only eat one meal a day. So ma'u she'ochel suda achas ve'apater. Maybe I only have to eat seven meals. I should eat one meal per day and I'll be pater. So Amr Allah, so Rebbe said to him, b'chol yom v'yom v'tamam she'chkama parpar sechvat atzmecha. I've seen what your one meal looks like, dude. Yeah, you're, you think that you're doing intermittent fasting and you're eating one meal? You're pounding keto snacks all day. You're having stuff before. You're having stuff after. So, In other words, uh, yeah, technically you're having one sit-down meal, but you're grazing on snacks all throughout the day. So why don't you do this? For a Kaddish Baruch Hu, right? Why don't you just se- segregate that into two meals? You could do it. In other words, I've seen your one meal. You're not really eating one meal. So just... Formula, you know, right? So just formalize it into two meals. The amount that you eat is, is certainly at least two meals worth. So just make it like that. So in other words, for yourself, right? You're, 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 you're self-indulging in snacks all day. So for lichvod koncha, right? For the, for, for the sake of Hashem, you could organize your eating into two meals per day at least. And thus, no, you're not putter with one meal a day. You're in fact eating enough for at least two meals a day. And that should be your requirement. Uh, follow-up question from King Agrippus's overseer, the Od Shalu, Rebbe Leezer. Right, he's also asking Rebbe Leezer. Kagon ani sheeshli shtei nashim achad b'tiferi b'achad b'tzipari. So we're getting a little insight into this individual's life. Right, he's got a complicated modern family here with or old school family. 
with the two wives in each city. And therefore, he has two sukkahs. He says, fascinating question. Can I, can I go sukkah hopping and be yotze? Well, why not? Why shouldn't he be able to go sukkah hopping? So as it says, let's see from the answer if we can figure it out. Amal lo, she'ani omer kol ha-yotzim esukah la-sukah batel mitzvah so rishona. So we see here a fascinating idea. Rabbi Yezer has fascinating shitas with regards to sukkahs. Rashi, the last Rashi in Chavzayin Amad Aleph, batel mitzvah so rishona, afilu yomim she'avru alav. Woo! Kvar ibdan lemafreya. Why? Ve'ein a mitzvah. Kediyalf l'kamen she'tzarech leishev kol shiva besukah achas. A fascinating sheet that Rabbi Yezer has with regards to sukkah. It says, "Basukos teishu shivas yomim." He's supposed to sit in the sukkah. We're going to see a sukkah ra'ul shiva, uh, right? A real hard line, literal application of this halacha. You have to sit in one sukkah and pick that sukkah for all seven days. And as Rashi says, very intense application of that idea that if you sukkah hop in the middle after five days, you've lost your entire mitzvah sukkah lima freya. It's as if you didn't sit in the sukkah at all. All five days that you already sat, by switching sukkahs, you've lost it all. Right, so, so Barry asks, where in the pasuk do we see an indication that it can only be one sukkah? Now, we're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to get into that. So says the Gemara, it's a good question. So the Gemara says, Tanya, let's, let's see if we can add, find, tease out this Pasuk in the Brisa. Tanya, over the Yezer Omer, as we turn to Chavzayin Abed Beis, Ein Yosin Mesukah Lesukah, Ve'ein Osin Sukah Bechol Shomoyim. Right, so we're going to get into this topic, Barry. You're not allowed to Sukah hop. Well, this certainly puts a damper on the Sukah hop, doesn't it? You're not allowed to go from Sukah to Sukah. Ve'ein Osin Sukah Bechol Shomoyim. You can't put up a Sukah on Cholomoyim. V'chachavim Omrim, Yosin Mesukah Lesukah, Ve'osin Sukah Bechol Shomoyim. So first of all, the Chachamim are bringing the sukkah hop back. They say you can go from one to another. And you can even put up a sukkah on Chol V'shavin, the only thing that they do agree on here is she'im nafla she'chozer bonah b'chol That Rabbi Leezer would agree with the Chachamim that if your own sukkah that you put up that you intend to spend the entire sukkah and fell down, that you could build back up on Chol So now the Gemara asks Barry's question. My Tamar to Rabbi Leezer. Where did Rabbi Leezer see this indication that you can't do a sukkah hop? Pasuk says, Amar Kra. Chag hasukas tas lecha shivas yamim ase sukkah haruiyel shiva. They read it into this pasuk. Chag hasukas tas lecha shivas yamim. You should make sukkahs for yourself seven days, okay? And that means that your sukkah has to be your sukkah. Look at this, Barry. Tas lecha shivas yamim. It, it's, it's, it's not just that you should make sukkahs for yourself. You make yourself the yontiv. It means you should make yourself this one designated sukkah, lecha. You should designate the sukkah for yourself. I still don't see one. You're not seeing one. I, I know, sukkah sounds like even plural, right? But we do know that we learned, I say sukkah really shiva. You didn't complain when we learned that the first time. That the sukkah has to be, that you make has to be really lecha seven days. So make three of them and they're all Roy Lashiva and then bounce from one to the other. Uh, I hear, because you're saying Lecha. So I, I think that the question is going to be better than the answer, right? Um, not only that, Tasa Lecha Shivas Yamim makes it sound like 
you have to build one, a new one every, every day for seven days. So what, what is this saying? So it, it, it's, so, so, so it, it's Kedai to read over here that the Tosus is pointing out that because of the fact that it can't be meaning that you have to build a new sukkah every one of the seven days, right? It can't mean that you have to build a sukkah each of the seven days. It must mean that the sukkah that you build has to be one that you use for all seven days. See that? The sukkah that you make has to be, so we, see, the reason I think you're having trouble is because we are used to saying that it has to be ro'oi l'chol shiva, Right? But what if you didn't say that it has to be royal l'chol shiva? What if you took a hard line and said that it has to be your sukkah l'chol shiva? You can see how that could be interpreted that way, right? You're making the sukkah for yourself and you have to use that sukkah all seven days. Can you see that? So, I mean, that, there's no reason why royal shiva versus actual use of shiva uh, is, you know, one way or the other. So aside from have to be royal shiva yamim, now, the, the Gemara didn't really say it like that. But if you learn it like that, this is how apparently the Taz exp- understands it, according to the art scroll. Um, the Chaga Sukkah's Taz al-Chashivas Yomi means that the Sukkah has to be yours for all seven days. So that means that unless you use the same Sukkah all seven days, you're not going to be Yotze. Wow. Wow. So that's so compelling that the Gemara has to ask, how, what do the Chachamim do with this Pasuk? So the Rabbanan, what do they say? This is what the Pasuk is saying. Asay sukkah b'chag. A diametrically opposed reading of the Pasuk. So you see, this Pasuk, obviously, uh, we need Chazal to, to explain to us what the Pasuk means. What do you mean, what's a diametrically opposed reading? Again, asay sukkah b'chag. Chag sukkah's tasa chashivas yami means any one of the seven days is a day that you can make a sukkah. The exact opposite, right? In other words, what says it means that you have to make it the sukkah so that you have the same sukkah for all seven days. And, and therefore, even once sukkah starts, if you didn't have it, you're not going to be yotze. Even if you build it now, forget about it. And the Chachamim say the exact opposite. That any day of, of, of the sukkah, if you, as long as you build it, it's fine. Fascinating, right? Ways of looking at the Pasuk. So now, fine. So what, what's the end of this Bresa? That everybody agrees that if it falls on sukkah, that you can put it back up. That if the sukkah falls, you can build it back up on Cholamai. The Gemara asks, it's obvious. Who would ever say that you can't build it back up? After all, even Rabbi Yezer would agree that once you build it, the, and if, if the same sukkah that you build right, falls down a little bit, that you could put it back up, because after all, it's still the same sukkah. The Gemara says, no. That it's considered a different structure, once it's fallen down, you put it back up, it's considered a separate sukkah, the Eina Lashiva, and therefore the one that fell down and put it back up is not Ru'i Lashiva, and Rabbi Yezer would, in fact, possible it, Kamash Milan, right, teaches us, no, that even Rabbi Yezer would agree that once you have the same sukkah fall down and you put it back up, it's the same sukkah and you haven't lost your streak. You could still maintain your seven-day streak in order to be Yotzei Sukkah, even according to Eliezer, all of Sukkahs. There's going to be Machlokas Rishonim here on how much of the Sukkah has to be the same. Um, I happen to have a little Chiddush here in Rashi. I, I, Tosvos says that has to be the same Eitzim. In other words, how much of it has to be the same? Right? Do you have to put the same walls up in the same place and do the decorations, so to speak, have to line up the way they did? 
beforehand? Do you have to have the, put the same schach in the same place? Or can you switch it around? Does it have to be in the same exact location? Right? Rashi makes it sound like it's a gavra thing. That, 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 that it's almost like doesn't matter where you put it up as long as this was the sukkah that you as an individual put up, then you could put it back up again. Right, we're going to see Araya here very shortly. What happened? Because we're going to see Rashi's sheet and the Gemara. I think Rashi gets it from the Gemara because after all, Rashi is going to say, what if, what if a katan becomes a gadol, right? Becomes bar mitzvah on sukkah. So he wasn't mechuyev in the sukkah all shivas yamim. And yet we say, right? So, so we see, so we have a havamina that maybe he's not yotze. So we're going to see aspects of a little bit shades of Gavra Chefza here with respect to the Chiv of the Sukkah Shiva Syomim, as we'll see. Tanya. The Brysa says, Bida as it may, right? Both Rabbi Yezer and the Chachamim will agree, right? That if you put up the same Sukkah, however that's going to look, um, uh, depending on which Rishon you go with, it's going to be considered Sukkah's called Shiva for Sukkah. So Tanya. The Brysa says, Rabbi Yezer Omer, Kishem Shein Adam Yosei Dechavas Miyantar Rishon Shachag Belulavo. Right, Shelchavero, just like you can't use someone else's lulav, as we famously know, as we'll see uh, in lulav a guzzel soon enough at the end of this week. So just like you can't be yotze with someone else's lulav on the first day of Sukkot, right? You have to take lachem, mi shelachem, right? You have to take for yourself, says the Gemara, mi shelachem. has to be your own lulav. Right? That just like it has to be your own lulav, it has to also be your own sukkah. Right? That is the first opinion. However, the that this um, right, this limitation of lachem does apply to lulav, but does not apply to the sukkah. Because whereas with lulav we don't have this pasuk, with sukkahs we have an extra pasuk that says every all of the ezrachim, all the citizens of Israel should sit, dwell under one sukkah. Well. If they're all dwelling on the one sukkah, there's not one owner of that sukkah. And even if there were, that means it's, you're sitting in someone else's sukkah, right? Everyone could sit under one sukkah, and therefore it doesn't mean that everybody has to own their own individual sukkah. Everyone has to have their own individual lulav, but everyone could sit under sukkah achas. So then what are they saying with chaga sukkahs to exclude not a sukkah where you go, where Andrew goes to Barry's sukkah for, for sukkahs, but rather a sukkah gazula. Aval she'ula ksiv kola ezrach, right? So, whereas you can't have a gazula or a she'ula, you can't even borrow, right? A lulav, you can, so to speak, borrow a sukkah, which is to say you could go to someone else's house for sukkahs. I, Rebbe hi, call Ezrach my Avid Leis. Rebbe Leizer, who says that you're not allowed to even eat at someone else's sukkah to be Yaitse. What is he going to do with Kola Ezrach, which implies that everybody could sit under one sukkah? So Rebbe needs it to teach you, right, that even though you have to use your own sukkah for the entire Shiva, a Katan Shagadol or Gershonis Gayer can, in fact, sit in the sukkah. That's what Kola Ezrach teaches you, right? They can, right? They can, in fact, sit in the sukkah for, uh, for the rest, and they're going to be yotze. They're going to get the, the mitzvah throughout Chag, even though they didn't use the sukkah for seven days. So that's interesting. Kol HaEzrach. So I think that's Rashi's Raya, that there's a little bit of a, of a chiv on the, 
right, on the Gavar in a, in a sense. Uh, I mean, you can say it's a Raya the other way, that, that, that the Sukkah, once the Sukkah is called Shiva, they can say, be that as it may, that's what you learn from Kola Ezrach. I, Verbanan, how are they going to learn that halacha? That a Gershon is Gayer and a Katan Shagadal can sit in a Sukkah, even though they weren't Mechoyev uh, for the first few days of Sukkahs? So the Gemara answers, In other words, they didn't have a problem because the Chum already hold that what? That even a Gadol, right, uh, that even a Gadol wouldn't have this issue, right? That, right, Rashi points out. Even a Gadol, says Rashi, In other words, the, because of the fact that we know that the Chachamim hold that you could even erect the sukkah for the first time on Cholamoid, so from that we would um, also extrapolate that a Katan Shagadal or a Gershon Iskayer, certainly it would be no, no less than putting up a sukkah for the first time on Cholamoid, and certainly they would be Mechoyev. So they don't need that ruling. Fine. So now we're 12 lines up from the wide. We're going to finish uh, in a few minutes, in a minute. Rabbi Eli went to visit his Rabbi Rabbi Eliezer, who was in Lod, the aforementioned Rabbi Eliezer. So Rabbi Eliezer says to Eli, Eli, you're supposed to rest, so, so to speak, you're supposed to be home. Why are you coming to me? Aren't you supposed to be home with your family? Fascinating Lashon. I praise the lazy people. I praise the lazy people. You're supposed to be happy on Yantiv. You're in your house. So even though that's actually uh, ironically talking about the consumption of Maishasheni in Yerushalayim when you're actually leaving your house and being all of Regel, it's worthy to point out, he took this to mean, What does that mean? I am actually going to praise um, lazy people? So that doesn't make any sense. Why would you praise lazy people? So says Rashi, no. It means that even though Right, they're not really. In other words, they're lazy generally. These guys really are lazy bones, and they don't really generally leave the house. That's why he said it like that. He's not rejoicing the fact that they are lazy. He's rejoicing the fact that they're channeling their laziness, at least in, the, in Shabbos and Yantiv, to be home for Yantiv and Shabbos because that is a praiseworthy thing. And it, and so we see that every. A negative trait can be channeled properly. So the, the negative trait of laziness is you use, you channel that laziness to at least you staying home, right, uh, with your family on Shabbos and Yantav. So we'll continue here, eight lines from the wide, um, on Chavzayin Abbez, Bezrat Hashem, to develop this tomorrow, the idea of being Mikabel, um, Mikabel Pnei Rabo Beregel.